KYW Original Podcasts. Cinema Obscura. Martial arts movies has its legion of fans, and sometimes we stumble on a movie that has a mix of fighting, comedy, and just outright gore. From 1991, we take a look at an offering from Hong Kong cinema that covers all the bases and more, like a straight-ahead punch that goes completely through the victim. Set in a futuristic prison, bad guys look out for Ricky Ho and the story of Ricky. I'm Steve Nicasey, along with independent Philly filmmaker Andre Bennett, and a special guest introductions to come in a moment. But first, Andre, the movie at hand. Well, I realized not long ago that we were coming up on our 50th movie that we've talked about here on Cinema Obscura. And what a movie to have for such a milestone. (laughs) The story of Ricky is, I like to call a dorm room classic, mainly because I first saw it in college and showed it to everybody who came to my dorm room. So a lot of people left either invigorated or disgusted. This is an adaptation of a Japanese comic book or manga about a young man with superhuman powers. It's an adaptation of the very first storyline in it where he goes to prison. They took that first arc and just made something as over the top as possible. Over the top, and we're talking about a meat grinder in one scene, also a strangulation involving a body organ. Uh, More on that in in just a moment. But let's get right to the clip and then introductions for our guest. So in this clip, Ricky, who is a gentle young man with crazy powers and a hidden past, is summoned to the assistant warden's office. The assistant warden is trying to find out exactly why Ricky is there. And for a while, this movie almost plays like a really hyper-violent remake of The Prisoner in that regard. Ricky Ho, age 21. Blood type AB, parents unknown, brought up in an orphanage, didn't do well in both primary and high school. He joined a music school to learn the flute, then disappeared when he was a senior, disappeared for two years and was seen fighting with triad members on the streets. He's guilty of manslaughter and sentenced for that crime. The report also says Ricky Ho is extremely dangerous. That's it. Where were you for those two years? What did you do, huh? Hmm? What? Talk! Why do you have bullets in your chest? So that is a clip from Ricky O, the story of Ricky. And to talk about this movie, I brought in a very good friend of mine, Marissa Edelman, comedian and playwright. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Glad to have you here. We've been talking about you coming on the show for a while, and I'm glad that it's on this auspicious occasion the 50th movie we've covered Ooh. on Cinema Obscura. Wow, what, a, what an honor. And what you a suggest, movie. Yeah, you suggested a doozy. Tell us a little bit about Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Uh, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. I don't remember how I heard about it, probably on some forum online, but it is a uh, Hong Kong action movie from, I want to say, 91. Yeah, about 91, 92. Yeah, um, and it is about, I think it's an adaptation of a manga about a young student, former student named Ricky, who goes to prison for uh, murdering a drug lord, I believe. Yeah. Uh, And then the most of the movie is about his uh, struggles in this corrupt prison. Also, it's the future in 2001. And (laughs) prisons have been privatized to use for prison labor. Well, that sounds about now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just reality. Yeah. Um, But then also, like, people have just superhuman powers out of nowhere. 
it's a very extremely violent movie, but it's also really cartoonish, bad special effects. The one clip of the guy, one guy smashes another guy's head, like just claps and his head explodes. They use that on the original Daily Show with Craig Gilborn. They also used, when he went to CBS and did The Late Late Show, Oh yeah. they used the clip of the assistant warden exploding. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The assistant yeah. warden explodes in this movie, and he's one of two guys who explodes. I read about the manga, and it sounds like it's really just kind of a Fist of the North Star knockoff. Yeah, it's just about a kid who's good at fighting. And kills people, and in, kills people. <laughs> yeah, in, in very yeah. gory ways. It's funny, though, because like the movie posits Ricky as like a very good, sweet, compassionate person. And he kills people in the most horrifying and disgusting ways. Yeah, it's one of those movies where it's like everyone else is supposed to be so much worse. Mm-hmm. And yet... He's punching through people. Yeah. The fact that he punches the top of a guy's head off and makes his brain come out. It's yes. fine. <laughs> yes. Watching this movie, I was thinking about, I don't know if you watched on Netflix. It came out last year, The Night Comes for Us. No. It's amazing. It's an Indonesian action movie that it's so violent, so incredibly gory, but it's on the almost extreme other end of the spectrum because... It's not cartoonish. It's just like chunks of meat flying everywhere. It gets to the point where it becomes kind of deadening because by the end of the movie, you're so desensitized to it because it's been that way the whole time. So I thought about that juxtaposed with this movie, which is the same thing, but so over the top. Unbelievably over the top. A guy gets crucified in the middle of the movie. Someone dies on a crucifix that's 20 feet high. That's only like the median of the insane stuff that happens. Oh, and that guy already had a giant sword hacked halfway through his head. Yeah. Before he got crucified. What I want to know is where do you hide a sword that big in a prison? And where do you get a sword that big? Special privileges. Yeah. They really gloss over the fact they're like, look, the prison is corrupt. Everyone does whatever they want. There's also like a drug trade story. The fact that these guys have humongous knives. Although I thought it was really funny going back to the big like serrated sword that gets chopped halfway through a guy's face. After that scene, the assistant warden wants one of the gang leaders in the prison to get Ricky and he hands him a knife. It's like a third of the size yeah, of the knife just we like just saw. It's like a regular saw. knife. It's like, <laughs> oh, take this knife, kill Ricky. But it has no weight to it because we just saw a sword that's like bigger than someone's arm. Yeah. Here's this Final Fantasy sword. I have so many notes of just like... The ways in which people died? Yeah. And just the fact that when you write it out or say it aloud, it sounds absolutely insane. But when you're watching it, because the, the effects are so low budget and there's just blood everywhere, it doesn't register like as bad as it is. Yeah. So in the first few minutes, a guy gets his nose sliced off. Oh, immediately. Yes. I think, yeah, the first thing that happens is the old guy is in the bathroom. He's getting harassed by some gang members, and they just strip half of his face off immediately. And then a guy gets a nail through the head. Yeah, Ricky trips the guy who does that. And the dummy. Okay, so this dude trips, falls on a nail board, and you see it's an obvious dummy head with fake blood gushing out. And it's like, this is the kind of movie you're in for. Their paper mache budget must have been tens of hundreds of dollars. I feel like with that scene, that kind of sort of was a statement of purpose. Like, this is a movie that's not, you know, to be taken that seriously. Yeah, I think right off the bat, they try to make it serious in the first three minutes. And then the first fight scene is just mannequins pouring blood. Yes. And it really sets up how gory and cartoonish the whole thing is. Even the serious stuff ends up being a parody of itself. Oh, yeah. Like the one dude. um, So you watch the subtitle version. I I watched the dub. 
so the one dude, Alan, the the godson of the, oh, that part's so sad. Yeah, Ricky kills his godfather yes. in the prison yard in that first big boss fight. And obviously, Ricky's the good guy here. Oscar, the cell leader, is the bad guy. But Alan ends up forgiving him, and Ricky shows him how to play the flute. He finds out that Alan's tongue got cut out, which yes. is why he can't speak. It's supposed to be this joyous moment. The music, too, is just like... <laughs> <laughs> Ricky is a... Uh, before he turned to a life of crime, he was a music college student who studied the flute. Yes. He's a sensitive, studious boy before he starts punching dudes' heads off, which is such a turn. In the subversion, his name is Shah, and he's trying to play a leaf. Ricky yeah. can play this leaf like a synth organ, and it's this really like high-pitched, calming flute noise mm-hmm. in this gory martial arts movie. But yeah, he can't play the leaf because he has no tongue, so Ricky gives him his flute. The leaf turns out to be a poppy leaf. Ricky deduces that they're growing opium in the prison. The gang leader who's in charge of the opium overhears and then skins Shaw's face off. And then they skin him alive. They leave his body out. Ricky finds the flute and angrily snaps it in half. Then he sets the poppy fields on fire. Yes. And then that sets the uh, the other gang leaders on him. Yeah, that's sort of the, the prelude to like the final boss battle. In the dub, it's called the Gang of Four. Yes. And there's uh, four quadrants of the prison, each with their own gang member. He Ricky is from the North Cell. He kills that guy immediately. And then the other three just pile on him, followed by the assistant warden and then the warden. Yeah. I want to note that one of the gang leaders, the most acrobatic one, is played by Yukari Oshima. Yes. Who is one of the most awesome people in martial arts movies ever. Yeah, and I like that uh, she's playing a dude and they never yeah. they never make mention of the fact that that is a lady. I also like that the guy who has like the scorpion type. Yeah, like scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yes. from Mortal Kombat has this rope nail thing that he uses to fight with. Looks like Gilbert Gottfried. A little bit. It does. Actually, I he didn't does. even notice that. Yeah, he's he's like Gilbert Gottfried. Like, like, hey, a Ricky, 90- I'm going to spear here. <laughs> he's, but he's got like a 90s butt cut with like uh Blonde highlights? Yes. Bring that back, guys. That's the 90s revival I want to see. Then the last one in the sub is Tyzan, who looks like he's in, like, walked right out of Mad Max. Yeah, in the dub, he's Tarzan. Tarzan? Yes. Okay. In the sub, the Gilbert Godfrey guy is subtitled as God? I think that's a mistranslation. I don't understand what his name is. I think they call him Brandon in the the dub. Yeah, because it's looking like, oh, the, the assistant warden's name is Dan. (laughs) okay can we just talk about the assistant warden for a second okay this guy also this movie hates fat people all the fat people in the movie are just like the most corrupt constantly eating it's mostly like the warden's son and the assistant warden and they're the corrupt radiants yeah or they're like a monster like the guy ricky punches his stomach yeah he's just like he's chained up like a giant baby and bribed with. and he's like drooling and everything it is super gross See, the assistant warden has a hook hand and a fake eye that he keeps <laughs> breath mints in. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also, did you notice that his office is covered in shelves full of pornography? I knew they were VHS tapes, but it didn't look that close. It's porn. It's all porn. That... You can't see anything, but you can see, like, girls, like, kind of standing, like, outlines and stuff. It is, like, they had to have had that hundreds <laughs> of porn VHSs for that set. Also... Breathman's in the eye. Yeah. And that sums this whole movie up. Also, they would cut to him once in a while for like reaction shots like, ooh, my, like almost he reminded me of like a Chris Farley-esque like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> or, uh, or he'll like cheer them on when the prisoners are just killing each other. He does that so much. He's great. Yeah, he is. He doesn't really get a fight scene because he's just that 
oafish henchman type dude. Yeah, he seems like the villain for most of the movie, but then you realize that the warden has been away on vacation, and then the warden is actually the final boss. The warden who is, like, bald in the movie, but his hairline is so hard, they shaved his head to make him look like he has male pattern baldness. (laughs) Yes. And his fat, annoying son, who at the end of the movie is wearing a striped onesie and, like, sleeping cap, but appears to be 18 years old. Yeah, he's running around in a schoolboy outfit, skipping, eating candy all the time. Yes, through (laughs) a prison. He's this stereotypical schoolboy with the annoying factor turned up to, like, 15. And the warden... Not only does he have a gun with bullets that make you explode. He claims it's an elephant gun in the sub, which makes no sense. (laughs) Not only does he have that, but he clearly has some sort of Hulk condition (laughs) where when he gets angry and he has this medication to suppress it. Oh, my God. I wanted to start screaming because you think when it first it only happens once in the movie like that, like. The word comes back and is like, why have five people been skinned alive in my prison while I was in Hawaii? Uh, And he starts getting mad about it. He's like shaking. You think it's going to be like a heart thing. They give him his pills, which is really just jars of candy that they pour in his mouth. Yeah. And then later on it happens. And then he just turns into some kind of like Mortal Kombat Goro-esque monster. Yeah. He's basically like Heihachi Mishima. Yes. But the Hulk. Yes. That is a really good way of putting it because he does get all big, but he still looks like Heihachi Mishima. I like that, too, because they didn't make foot prosthetics for him. So he's supposed to be like 10 feet tall and he's got like this huge muscle suit on and a little tiny person feet when they do a full uh, full shot of him. In the final battle, right before Ricky puts him in the industrial meat grinder. Yes, because (laughs) this is – oh, God. There's so many traps in this movie. There's a cell that fills up with cement. There's another cell that has like a ceiling that crushes you. Yeah, but that also has like the spiked panels as well. Yes. It's a prison full of torture rooms, yeah. but like supervillain torture rooms. Yeah, and this is a for-profit prison. Yes, which you'd think yeah. that if it was for-profit, they wouldn't have spent so much money on traps. <laughs> you'd think so. Yeah, it's got, a, it's got an interesting video game logic to it, and that's why you keep bringing up Tekken and Mortal Kombat. In terms of ridiculousness, it is a video game. It is. You've got the boss fights. Oh, yeah. Each segment, I guess, of it is kind of like a level. Pretty much. Leading up to the end. Yeah, increasing in difficulty. You got some challenges. Yeah, I have it, so many notes of just insane stuff. Yeah, and, and the dude who plays Ricky, Fansu Wong, he's also like a really accomplished martial arts actor, I think. He's an Ip Man. He is. He's one of the bad guys. Well, there's very few actual bad guys in the Ip Man movies because yeah. most of them end up like becoming allies or... Yeah. Well, the colonialists are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike Tyson is... <laughs> I forgot Mike Tyson was in it. Oh, my, I think I blocked that out of my and memory. The third one? I love that one. That's I, I not, love that one. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I've seen the third one. I've definitely seen the first two. Those movies are so good. Check they out are. Ip Man for a better martial arts movie. <laughs> yeah. There's like a whole trilogy of them and a fourth one on the way. Hong Kong action movies, though, they were much wilder back in the 90s before the handover, obviously, Mm -hmm. because they had so much more leeway just to do shocking stuff. Yeah, because the Chinese government isn't censoring them, and they really went for it. There's some just wild, wild stuff in this movie. Yes. This one at least doesn't feel exploitative, and there's also literally no women in this movie except for the one who plays his girlfriend. And oh my god, so... In watching this movie, the scene where the scene where she dies reminded oh. me so much of – did you ever see Death Wish 2? No. She basically dies the same way as Charles Bronson's daughter in Death Wish 2. Yeah, my – I think, you know, you're supposed to take seriously the parts with Ricky's girlfriend, those flashbacks, especially the second one because at the, at the time he's having the flashback of her death, he's being buried alive 
as punishment for killing one of the gang leaders. So what happens to Ricky's girlfriend is that they're like a wholesome couple. And then she's out late studying one night. She sees a bunch of people doing heroin in the park and then goes to run away and gets captured by one of them. They kidnap her. They take her to the head uh, of the drug gang, presumably for some violence uh, of a sexual nature. She's like dazed. And then she snaps out of it, screams, and just runs up to the roof and runs right off the side of the building. Yeah, no just jumps pausing. Off, jumps off the roof. Yeah. The way it's shot, it seems like, oh, she's going to escape, and she just runs off the side of the building. And I laughed. I laughed really hard. You're supposed to be sad about it, but it's – and then and then the best part, she runs off the side, and there's a cut, and then someone's throwing a dummy off the building. Oh, God, yeah. Throwing, yeah. throwing a dummy off of a high thing is always funny. It is. I just I can't get over it. I've seen it a million times. <laughs> it I never <laughs> never stops being funny. That's the thing about this movie. You can tell in scenes like that it knows what it is. Yeah. The fact that there's so many silly kills, mm-hmm. I want to say, when they do stuff when they'll switch to an obvious dummy and like there's one uh I think in the top in the bathroom scene where someone gets hit in the face and the dummy just falls over like in a completely inhuman fashion. Yeah. So it's this giant wild world with Hong Kong action movies and Story of Ricky is probably not the best introduction. No, no. It's just it's just a weird movie. I show it to a lot of pretty much everyone I know who hasn't seen this movie. I make them watch it. And I would say it's about 50-50. Some people love it. Absolutely are just like 100% on board for the ride of just accepting that like this is going to be gory. It's going to be really silly. It's going to be gross. We didn't even mention the fact – that when the warden gives the knife to one of the gang leaders, he cuts the tendon in Ricky's arm, which then Ricky ties back together. Oh, he stitches it himself. Yeah. Not even that. He ties it, he ties it in a knot. Yes. And it works. Yeah. And then he can punch through this guy again. Oh. And then the guy commits seppuku and strangles Ricky with his intestines. Yeah, tries to use his entrails and Ricky punches him in the face. They cut to an x-ray shot yeah, of him, him so like hard. shattering his skull. Yeah. And also that, an anime trick. Yes. And the fact that like something like that can kind of fall by the wayside in the discussion of this movie because there's so much happening at yeah. any given time. There's always – there's like at most five minutes between fight scenes. Yes. Which is the way I like my action movies. You would also love The Night Comes For Us then. I will I will write that it's down. It's got the dude from The Raid. Oh, I love The Raid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've shown it to a bunch of friends and they're like, that was disgusting. I don't know why you would watch that. I am nauseated by it. I've had friends ask me to turn it off. <laughs> but then 50% are like – this is this the best movie, movie I've ever seen in my life. I would give it, if not my highest recommendation, I would give it a, a pretty good one. I, I think it it warrants, mm, not quite, but it's sort of like the AV Club's A slash F. Yeah. Because it's a bad movie, but it's an amazing movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's totally amazing. Yeah. So uh, what do you have coming up? What do I have coming up? Right now, I am in a monthly show at Good Good Comedy Theater called Party with the Sad Boys. It is my improv group, Sad Boys Rugby Club. The first Friday of every month at 7 p.m., we do an improv form called a party where we have some guests on who are usually uh, comedians in the Philly scene. And we pretend that we are all at a party for an hour and it gets really weird. Everyone's a weird character. It's a really fun show. And then I have a sketch duo with my brother called The Amazing Flying Edelman. Uh, We're working on a new show right now, TBA, but that's probably going to be at the end of the year. And you uh, had a very well-received play at last year's Fringe. Yes, Villain, which I wrote with my brother. 
We're not doing Fringe this year just because last year we did Fringe. We wrote and produced the entire play in like three and a half months. And it was really good. Thank you. Yeah, it was super good, extremely stressful, but very proud of how it turned out. Right now we're looking around to see if we can get a second run going at a local theater that we won't have to direct this time. Okay. But hopefully that'll be in the works soon. All right. Well, Marissa, thank you very much for coming. I really enjoyed talking to you about this. Hopefully people will check this out and not curse our names. I hope not. But thank, yeah, thank you for having me. Go into it with an open mind. It's going to be disgusting. But if you like silly, cartoonish gore, you're going to love it. And Marissa, thanks so much for joining us on Cinema Obscura. Andre, a reminder, we want to hear thoughts and ideas on movies from our podcast friends. Yes, we are at C Obscura Pod on Twitter. You can talk to us. You can ask us about this movie, about any of the other movies we've covered, about any future movies we may cover. You can give us suggestions. We're there to talk about movies. Story of Ricky, if you want to check it out, it is available on DVD, on Blu-ray, and streaming for free on the Tubi service. It's also on Fandor, but that's a subscription-based thing. Check it out and let us know what you think. (laughs) Steve, what did you think? (laughs) Uh, That's to be covered at a later date, (laughs) I think. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Steve. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nikhazy along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced at the KYW Studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. You're all free now!